So he's growling at him. Yeah. He does growl at him. Yeah. Okay. But then later, he's he's like, do you want some bread? And she's like, okay. And then she just goes that's over what, to him. And I'm that's like, what huh? I thought Because, like, she's unsettled at first. But then yeah. lured back in, I guess, by, by bread, <laughs> body and bread. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus is like, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hour of the Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And for our fun fact this week, if you could um, kind of keep a meal, <laughs> you could keep a meal for people to eat in the future. Mm-hmm. Like what meal... Do you think that the future should have, or do you think that, like, you would want people to, like, eat? Mm-hmm. I choose, I think that they should um, just, like, encapsulate a McDonald's and just keep the McDonald's <laughs> because it's delicious. It is delicious. It do be I, delicious. If I had to choose, I would say, like, the fries, probably. Mm-hmm. McDo- a McDonald's fries. I respect you. The future needs to know. <laughs> and my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I am also going to be basic and say a Chick-fil-A chicken nugget. Mm-hmm. And that way they don't have to... But they, but they wouldn't have to pay for the Chick-fil-A chicken nugget, right? Right. No, it's just... It's because in the future we will have, like replicators that can make our food and no companies will be intolerant of other of people yeah exactly Mm -hmm. uh it will just be delicious food that a machine knows how to make yeah great today we have words to say about episode 710 of the hundred a little sacrifice Oh, just a little one? Just a little bit. Okay. So we're going to go into the a uh, couple of thoughts from listeners that we got before we uh, go into the actual episode. Yeah. So Joanna sent us a tweet, or I think it was in her live tweets, but I thought it was important, so I so I grabbed it. Um, she's at Veridissima, by the way. Um, she said it was Levitt who was the one who said, I need to figure something out. And it was an answer of sending them out there, which implies that he planned to get them out of the surface before the hour was up or something. But I wish we could get, like, a little bit more on that. You know? Oh, I had to figure out something. Oh. Mysterious. Will we get the answer? Probably not. (laughs) And then we got a couple of comments on SoundCloud, including one from Rhonda, who said, It appears that Echo is all in and would make sense because she's used to following people. However, what if she's using her spy training to appear to be all in when she really isn't? You got- you- hey, you got that one. I really believed it because I thought yeah. it, I thought it was weird that Echo was even lying to her friends. Yeah. Um. Like the reason why I thought that Echo was actually hundred percent in was because she was lying even to Octavia and Dioza and Hope. Yeah, that's what I thought um, as well. So yeah. And then we also got a SoundCloud comment from my mom who said, Originally I thought that Indra had set Shadeheda up to be killed by the faithful because all she agreed to was to protect him from the cogs. But if she knows him as well as she seems to, it's possible that she just let him kill off the faithful and eliminate one of their problem factions. I don't like to think that she would, but she knows how ruthless he is. I would be fine with Indra setting him up to die. I'm personally sick of him. (laughs) But do you think that... Indra um, set up Shade Headed to just kill all the faithful. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't think so either, especially um, from this episode. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I also re-listened to our last podcast today, and I wrote down some things that I um, grabbed from our other podcast. Okay. Um, so I realized that there might not be as much of a um, confusion as we thought in regards to them not knowing that Clark doesn't have the um, the key in her head, because um, he just sees memories so he doesn't see Octavia's logic or Octavia's opinion on something, right? right? He only sees what she saw. Okay. So, so maybe he, like, sees Clark get the key put in, and then later, like we said before, she's, like, distracted by Pike and stuff, and then afterward, she, like, sees Clark again. And, like, Octavia knows what the plan was beforehand. She right. knows that they were going to, like, take it out or whatever. But but he doesn't see that, like, cognitive process. He just yeah. sees what happened through her eyes. Right. So I thought maybe that could be an answer for that. Definitely possible, especially if he didn't, like, go further in her memories. Yeah. And then the um, blurb for this episode was, she'd had to make a move. Sure. (laughs) And then a disciple goes rogue. I was like, would you call Echo a disciple? I was like... Like, I probably wouldn't. No. I would not as well. The only disciples that we actually, like, know and care about were, like, Levitt and Anders. And so I was like, seems weird that they would go rogue. That's why we thought that Levitt was getting tortured, like, by Anders or something. Right. Because we thought he was the one to go rogue. But then we were like, that doesn't make sense because they would just send him to penance if he was in trouble Mm -hmm. and all that. So, sure. But, like, he... And he wasn't even going very rogue. Like, he was ready to be like, I made a mistake. Yeah. Let's stop it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, another thing is we were talking about how um, they don't have women get pregnant. Like, they just, like, yeah. do that. And I just wanted to say um, a quick apology because the reason why I was using um, that language and saying that, like, uh, only women can get, I wasn't saying only women can get pregnant, but just like they were talking in the show about like it being about women and, right. and stuff. So I was using the language of the show and I didn't want to be, um, transphobic or anything yeah. about, um, because not on, only women can get pregnant. Exactly. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I was listening to it and I was like, Hey Robin, did you know? <laughs> yeah. How did Echo know that Hope wouldn't be taken to penance immediately? I, like what if they had walked Hope? I mean, they were already in the stone room, I guess, and they, like, took her away. So if they, like, what would Echo have done if she had been, like, five years on penance and they would have been like, okay, beep, boop, beep, goodbye. Like, right. they, like what would she have done then? I don't know. Yeah. Why did, yeah, why did Echo go so far as to fool her friends? I, yeah, like, I guess it was part of her plan needed them to, like, go to a certain, ex- like, to, like, be somewhere at a certain time or, like, I guess she didn't want it to be tortured out of any of them. Right. Because that's the reason she gave hope, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the reason why she didn't tell her her full plan, because she knew that Dioza would get it out of her, probably. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I guess I guess she didn't tell any of them because of what her plan in- entailed. I'm still, like, not really sure how Echo, Ho- or Echo Dioza, and um, Octavia got through all of their, like, simulations and stuff without being, like... But what if this isn't a simulation? Like, how... I'm still confused as to how they all fully killed Hope in the simulation. (laughs) When you're not supposed to know that it's a simulation. Right. I would just be so worried about being like, it's a simulation, and then doing something I would regret, and then Mm -hmm. being like, oops, it wasn't a simulation. And then suddenly, like, you've killed someone that is very important to you. Last episode, we learned about Gem 11, or Gem 9, and I thought that he said 11, and Mm -hmm. I listened to it on the TV, 
and in the um and on Netflix, and I thought he said Gem Eleven, and I kept being like, the subtitles say Gem Nine, but I don't know. But he said Gem Eleven, and then <laughs> and here he is saying Gem Nine, and I went back, and he was saying Gem Nine. So please ignore me. Um, I don't know what the heck happened there. <laughs> also, like, why is it called Gem Nine? Do we we still don't know that, right? Well, I heard people talking about Gemini, and so nine sounds like the nine in Gemini, and sure. so. I, but I don't know why, like, nine is the number. Also, didn't they say, wasn't there something weird about, like, the um, the generations when they're in the big room and Anders is giving that speech? Oh. Yeah, maybe. Here. Um, what episode was that? Like, this, it was like, it was like four episode, or five. Yeah, four. I'm gonna look on my notes here. Yeah, generation nine. Yeah, I think it was nine. Right. Here, let me look. Hello? Like, so what are the nines for? Hesperides. Or welcome, it feels like it might be welcome to Bardo. Yeah, I think it's Welcome to Bardo. Welcome to Bardo, to this day, is probably, like, my favorite episode so far this season. I really liked that episode. Yeah. I like, yeah, that is a good one. I think I wrote down his whole ass speech. Acknowledge our newest class of level nines. Displayed impressive devotion to the shepherd. Our predecessors on this planet did not share that faith. Like our ancestors on Earth, they destroyed this world. Even before they were wiped out by Gen, Gen 9. And turned into crystal giants. I think that what they meant to say... Was, was Gem 9. I think that that's what it was, um... I think it's interesting that they... I can't remember if he says Gem Generation 9, or and I wrote Gen 9, or if the subtitles wrote Gen 9 because they don't know what Gem 9 is yet. Right. And he actually said Gem 9. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah, that's well, something we'd have to go back and look at. I also think it's interesting that they're introducing a new class of level 9s at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, does this probably mean nothing and will never come back again? Probably. Probably. But I, I'm listening. Yeah. If Octavia is the one manipulating Levitt, why is he allowed to be so special with Octavia? So I, at this point, I do not think that either of them were manipulating each other. I think that Octavia really did kind of care about Levitt. It's just mm-hmm. that um, her friends and her family was more important than him in that moment, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um. So, yeah. Let's just go ahead and get into our notes, I suppose. Alrighty then. Um, so obviously we're starting with Sanctum. (laughs) I found that, like, not a lot really happened on Sanctum. Like, a bunch of stuff did happen, but a lot of it was a battle, so... Yeah. And, like, it was a cool battle. I like that Adina is getting, like, more to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I would have enjoyed, um, this content for Indra, like, at any point in the show, because, like, she deserves everything. It's so weird that this is, like, the season that Indra's getting the most screen time. Right. But I do, uh, I am, I'm disappointed with the way both of these storylines end in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not a fan of, like, watching my favorite people lose. So, and that's, that's a lot of what feels, what this episode feels like is, like, getting your hopes up. Because, like, Indra, you think Indra's gonna kick his ass. And then you think that maybe our team is gonna get out on Bardo. Mm-hmm. And neither of those things happen. And I'm just like... Oh, okay then. Like, I, I, and I don't know why I got my hopes up because it is the middle of the season and, like, at, at no way does it make sense for them to have succeeded already. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, like, bummed about it. I do have to say that, like, unlike other episodes this season, at the end of this episode, significant things have changed, you know? Like, oh, in the in the yeah. Bardo storyline, not only have we obviously lost um, a main character, um, but we also, um, now the... the not Bardones, the disciples now mm-hmm. know that the three people that they trained were not actually on their side. So, like, yeah. we know that now they no longer trust them. So mm-hmm. that's, like, kind of important. 
Um, and then in the other one, like, allegiances have very clearly changed. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it definitely, stuff is definitely moving forward now. It's just weird directions. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is my summary for the Sanctum storyline. In the aftermath of the massacre, Shade Hedda has bounced out through the secret passageway. Convenient. <laughs> Turns out there were some survivors, including Jerry, who I, like, definitely feel like I saw the dead body of, but okay. <laughs> Shade Hedda goes to find Maddie, who's eating alone in the tavern in the dark right after having a gun held to her last episode. Ma'am, what did you expect? So I rewatched, when I rewatched the episode, I yeah. realized she's not alone in the tavern. It is the, it is dark though, but there's like several other people in the tavern, and then when Shade Hedda comes in, they all leave. And I'm like, it, this this show is so dark, I didn't even notice any of these other people when I was watching it. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay. Anyway, Shade Hedda threatens her that she has to kneel before him, or he'll kill everyone she loves. Classic, uh, classic threat. Mm-hmm. After he leaves, Maddie has an actual panic attack, and everyone else goes looking for her. Murphy finds her and coaches her through it, which is nice. Shade Hedda has Sangetta crew on his side now and is trying to get everyone to kneel. Indra challenges him to solo gone play. They fight and he almost kills Indra, but Maddie saves her. He almost kills Maddie, but Indra asks him to spare her. She will kneel. Maddie runs away. Everyone kneels. Shade Hedda tells Knight to find Maddie and kill her and also all of the surviving faithful, including the children. He's such a gem. <laughs> Murphy and Amori have hidden the faithful inside the reactor. They should be safe there. I would just like to say my summary of the other storyline, much longer. <laughs> I was like, I, I am I am at least interested in the fact that the reactor came back. I yes. really did not expect to see that again this right. season. So it seems like several people are still alive. Um, so I, I have a complaint. Yes. About Maddie and the, and the soccer kid. He doesn't have a name, so I just keep calling him soccer kid. You might remember because earlier this season, um, he asked the null kid to play soccer. Yes. So I call him soccer kid because that's the only, like, main difference that he has from any other kid. Sure. I don't know why he's here or his parents are here because he wasn't a null. So basically, it looks like his mom, I think, like, got killed by Shade Hedda. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe his mom was one of the faithful and that's why, like, she died or whatever. But he was at the party, so I guess maybe... I'm like, maybe he had, like, a sibling who was a null and therefore, like, got sent to the Children of Gabriel and that's why they were at the reunification ceremony because he was being, like, reunited with a sibling or something like maybe. that. I, I don't know. I'm just making this up, but... Basically, there's another scene later where Maddie is, like, comforting this kid, like, who's, like, obviously crying and is obviously just, like, terribly grief-stricken. Mm -hmm. um, and she's comforting him. Like, you know, they have a moment where they smile at each other. And I'm like, are y'all forgetting which kid she's supposed to have, like, a... A connection A with? connection with? Because the Null kid was here for, like, three seconds and now it's this kid. And they're not the same kid. Like, one of them's white and one of them's Asian. So how are you confusing these kids? Yeah. Either way, I'm like... Just kind of confused about, like, the writing here, where it's like, uh, I don't... Where's the Null kid? Did he die? I don't, where is he? Who's to say? If you want to if you want to introduce more characters that are close to Maddie, keep track of them. <laughs> um, and maybe give them names. Yeah. Okay, so re-watching again today. This was very, very confusing to me. I didn't notice that any of these, like, times when Murphy's, like, talking to literally any survivor of, like, this massacre... Mm -hmm. That he's talking to Jerry. I had no idea. <laughs> and so at the end when Jerry just like showed up, I was like, sir, I saw your dead body. Right. 
So we have this moment where Murphy, like, bends down to, like, see one of the survivors, and it's Jerry, I guess. Like, it, it, the, the show is so dark that, like, we are watching it in a sunny room because it's only 5 p.m. when it's on for us. Right. And so, like, and we live in an apartment that's just all windows, so I can't see anything <laughs> at any time. And so, like, it turns out it was Jerry, and he said, take care of my son. And Murphy's like, you can take care of him. And it's, like, lovely. It's just too bad I had no idea that it was Jerry. Right. And she's like, who are you again? Yeah. So they start talking about how clans, other than Sangetta Crew, like, Sangetta Crew's already going to follow Shade Hedda. But other clans, like, can be convinced, basically. Uh Uh-huh. The only other alternative to a leader is Maddie, so obviously he's going to go after Maddie. Um, so Maddie is in the tavern, and she's getting water for Picasso. My next note was just, wait, there are other people in the tavern? Because <laughs> I didn't notice the first time. Um, and I really loved this moment where Picasso is growling at Shade Hedda, because Picasso, like, used to, like, belong to Russell. You right. know? Like, they used to be really, like, good buddies, and it's interesting that Picasso can tell that it's not Russell anymore. Can he? Because I couldn't... So he's growling at him. Yeah. He does growl at him. Yeah. Okay. But then later, he's he's like, do you want some bread? And she's like, okay. And then she just goes over that's to what, him. And I'm like, huh? That's what I thought. Because, like, she's unsettled at first. But then yeah. lured back in, I guess, by, by bread, body and bread. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jesus is like, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so then he says... That Maddie chose weakness, which is love. And I was like, oh, Here love we is weakness. Again. I'm with you. Okay. Um, so he gives Picasso some bread and he gets blood all over her head. And I'm like, ew. She's so gross. <laughs> and we genuinely were really worried that they were going to kill the dog for a second there. I genuinely there. was very scared that he was going to kill that dog. Listen, another character died this episode and I was upset about that. But like... I was sitting there watching this show, and I was like, if you kill Picasso, I genuinely do not know what else to tell you. Right. You know? Like, you know what you did was wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. It's- I think it's because, like, we- I expected them to kill Dioza, even Mm -hmm. though I was angry about it. Yeah. But killing the dog is just something- dogs are so innocent, and if you kill the dog outside of a horror movie, even in a horror movie- you're just not a good person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, on Lost, um, there is a dog who is also a golden retriever. I feel like mm-hmm. the golden retriever in this show is probably partly an homage. And I think that especially since Picasso came in last season, and a lot of last season was an homage to Lost, uh-huh. that Picasso is a... Wait! <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> what? Picasso is a painter, right? Yeah. The dog on Lost's name is Vincent. How about... Vincent Van Gogh, who's also a painter. (laughs) What if the 100 was like, we want this dog to be an homage to Vincent. Let's twist it a little bit. Bam. It's cute. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, Vincent comes in at the very beginning of the show. He's in literally one of the first, like, shots Mm -hmm. of the show. Um, and Vincent makes it all the way to the end. He's in one of the last, the last shots of the entire show in the, in the very last, like, season six finale. So mm-hmm. if they had killed the dog, I'd been like, you have put Nathan, <laughs> Vincent's name to shame. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Don't kill, don't just don't, just kill, the don't dog. kill the dog. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Be careful. Why would they have an evil guy touch a dog? Don't touch the dog. So Shade Hedda also uses the word grounders. And I don't know where he would have gotten that verbiage, um, because Maddie grew up as a grounder, and so also wouldn't say grounders. 
Like, yeah. only Sky Crew says grounders. Yeah, that's not... So I'm not really sure how he got the word grounders, but... Like, did did Clark call them grounders in front of Lexa, and then somehow in the flame he got it? But, but like... But then he's speaking to Maddie. He's talking to Maddie, and... It doesn't matter. It's just... It's it just, just doesn't... It's just such a nonsensical choice in canon, because it's like... That's not the verbiage either of those characters would use when talking yeah. to each other about their people. Can I make another Lost thing? Just because now course. I've got it on my on my brain. On Lost, similar to the Grounders, which is like in season one, it's show up to this new place. Oh no, there are already people there. They're scary, right? That's basically that's the plot of season one of Lost and season one of the Hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Lost, they call them the Others, yes, instead of the Grounders. And then in season two. There is another group of survivors from the plane crash that we didn't know about until season two, right? Yes. And they don't call them the others because they haven't been with the our f- other survivors who call them the others. They would have no reason to call them the others. Exactly. Because the others comes from a different character that they have not met. Right. You know? So I think I think they just call them them, but it's important to remember like which characters like which I characters just, know that are using that terminology because mm-hmm. that's something that evolved in their like group. It's just a good detail like, to remember, like because if they also called them the others, I'd be like, well, where did that come from? You know. So and yeah, I just think it's like, important to remember those details. Because I'm trying to think of like in season one, like the grounders never called themselves the grounders, right? Like no, it's always the hundred the yelling. Like, we are not grounders, or we are grounders, mm-hmm. or, like, that's... Yeah, that's, grounders just call themselves, like, tree crew or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's entirely a uh, sky crew made-up word. Yeah. Um. So, Shadehead has said that if she doesn't kneel, then he's gonna kill everyone she loves and feed their hearts to her dog. I don't think... <laughs> I don't know that Picasso's interested in that. Picasso's like, like you. Picasso didn't consent to that. Yeah. Um, so Maddie kneels, because what else is she gonna do? She's literally a child, but no one's here to see it, so, like, what's the point? I don't know. This scene is gross, like... Yeah. Ugh. Why is this necessary? It's, Why can't... The whole scene is creepy and disgusting, and I was creeped out and disgusted by it when it was in the trailer for yeah. the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Like... It, it's menacing and, like, violent towards a 14-year-old girl for, like, no reason. It's, it's, like, he's, he's, he's doing it to scare her. Mm-hmm. And I guess the narrative is doing it to, like, scare us and show us how serious he is about being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But it's just gratuitous to me. J.R. Boren, you didn't deserve this. I, absolutely not. He did not. He's doing a good job with what he's given, but. I just, I'm. What I, is he given? <laughs> I'm still just sad that this is what what that storyline has become because like I was interested in Russell's like not necessarily redemption arc but like where he went from I was interested in the redemption arc to be honest I would have taken it from J.R. Bourne I would have taken it Mm -hmm. and this is just odd Mm -hmm. it's uh, Um, that was gross yeah so I just think it's interesting that Maddie like a gun was literally held to her chest earlier this afternoon and she just like went to the tavern to eat some like cereal or whatever. <laughs> um so then later she's having an actual panic attack. So <laughs> so is that thank your medical you. opinion? Yeah. So thank you that they're actually giving her actually having a panic attack cuz that was our problem before was like Jackson's like she had a panic attack and we're like no she didn't. <laughs> 
also, you can't just diagnose that by, like, eyeballing somebody. And here we have her actually, like, looking like this could actually be a right. panic attack. I, I'm, like, so, so she does have those. Yes. So thank you. It's just that, like, she wasn't when Jackson literally said, she's having a panic attack. I was like, all she did was walk away, but okay. Yeah. Um, Picasso's being a good support animal, and I love that for her. Picasso's such a- she's just so good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I would like to know what the dog's name is who played Picasso, because the dog that played Vincent was named Madison. Aw. And so I want to know what this dog's name is. Um, so Murphy helps Maddie, which I think is lovely, except I don't want Murphy to be paternal. Stop making Murphy <laughs> paternal 2K20, or whatever year this like, is. I- Murphy has cared about kids, like, in my opinion, mm-hmm. since season two. It's just really heavy-handed just, right now. It is very heavy-handed, and I don't, like, I don't think they should make him a dad, but mm-hmm. I do like that he, like, looks out for kids. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's a, it's a complicated feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he looks out for kids, too, but, like, it's really heavy-handed in the way they're like, and then oh, he's nice sure. to this child, and he puts himself in danger for this kid, and he saves him, and he helps Maddie with, like... Some breathing technique. It's like, I don't know how Murphy would know about that, but sure. He spent, like, five minutes with Abby. Don't you remember? Oh, right. He's a doctor now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a psychologist and a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, like, like I'm not going to forget the Murphy who was like, hey, let's kill that, that random kid. <laughs> let's just kill her. Hand her over. We're going to, I don't know, torture her or right. something. You know, let's like... Just- I just want to get it over with. Yeah. Give me that one. She was bad. Yeah. So, um, Shade Hatta starts broadcasting, um, things from the palace. It's very Voldemort, if you mm-hmm. may remember from Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh, yes. Um, and all the Sanctumites who, like, don't know Trig are like, what? Huh? <laughs> They're just like, can someone translate? Who's? So, like I said before, the soccer kid, he just cries beside Maddie. He, and she holds his hand to make him feel better. Is the Null Kid dead? Where is he? Which kid is she supposed to have a connection with? Like, I just figured out. <laughs> um, so then Jerry is here, and he's, like, healing, I guess. And um, Murphy and Amori notice that all of the faithful who are still living, like, all hate them. And you know what? For pretty good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about how Shade Hedda is even getting to Tree Crew, who are even... They're the ones who are loyal to Indra, so that means he's really um, persuasive. Yeah. And Murphy talks about how when they were playing chess together, he would take out his pawns so that they couldn't become threats later. So even though, like, these people can't really do anything to him, they could become threats later, and that's why he's going to kill... He wants to kill them. So they're in danger. Yeah, because that doesn't he point out that... Yeah, later, yeah, later they're like, even the children, and they're like, children grow up to, like... Get revenge. Yeah, exactly, so. And Amori's like, but if we help them, then we're in danger, too. And Murphy's like, yeah, I know. Um, why is Amori changing her tune on helping these people? I know, it's... Like, a couple episodes ago, she was like, I want to help them, and now she's like, well, it might put us in danger, and I'm like, this is inconsistent. It's very much an incident of, like, something that happens a lot on the CW in particular, Mm -hmm. which is where they need one character to say something so that the other character can say something. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, goes back on the character development for one or the other. Like, it happens a lot on Riverdale with Alice or Cheryl. Yes, for Um, sure. And it it has happened on The 100 with, like, Abby before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see that they're just... They just needed... Amori to say that line so that Murphy could say his line. Right. So he starts um, resetting the lineage, which is a thing that you have to do before you become the commander. And he mentions Mafe Kom Bodalong Crew, 
Bodoland crew, which was the boat. Was that boats? Which crew is that? Sounds like it, but I mean, all that of- shallow. What's shallow valley is is um water clear on crew. Yeah, I don't remember what the. There was a time when I could give you all the crews, but I don't. <laughs> I'm just not that person anymore. Um, and then Kenji Comtrashana crew, which is the glowing forest. Yes. Um, and then we kind of get like a moment where they're talking over him, and so that's like. Some people, and then also him, I assume, because the next person that we hear about is Lexicom Tree Crew, mm-hmm. um, and we theorized that um, he came right before Lexa. Right. So I think that's kind of where that is. Well, he says his own name, I guess. Yeah. And then he also says Maddie, Com, Lawarda, Clearon Crew, even even though she didn't win a Conclave, mm-hmm. she still had the flame in her head, so it counts. Um, I'm not going to say... Clark come Sky Crew. Yeah, okay, go off. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do it right. You can't be the commander, buddy. <laughs> and his name is Malachi come Sangetta Crew. Um, there's a character on Riverdale named Malachi, and this makes sense for them. I'm like, <laughs> anyone named Malachi has to just be, like, really chaotic, I guess. <laughs> also, like, he d- he also doesn't have the flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, currently. He's like, I have a... Uh, he doesn't even have a mind drive because they took it out. Right. Someone's just gotta knife this guy real good. Listening to all of these, though, they had, like, it was, like, pretty diverse from all the different crews. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, except for Asgeta. <laughs> no Asgeta in here. Oh, poor at one least, out. Is that, why, is that why Queen Nia was so bitter by yeah. the time? <laughs> She's like, it's been a while. Yeah. And he says that he was the last true commander. Is it because you were the last man? No, he's saying it because <laughs> Lexa and Maddie... Well, Maddie didn't fight in a conclave, and yeah. Lexa didn't have to fight everyone because Luna left. Oh, right. Ugh, whatever, dude. <laughs> and, um... And now he oh, he has these weird, like, it's either, like, feathers or dreadlocks. It's so bad. Either way, it's cultural appropriation. Like, why are we doing this? Like, why did we do that? With Did we not why? learn anything from the Bindi? Like, he didn't need that. Yeah. Like, he could have just spiked up a mohawk yeah. and been done with it. Why, and then, like, why put did the we... makeup on. That's it. Exactly. Why did we attach weird hair, like, that is not his? He's very white. I'm so uncomfy about it. It's bad. So, um... Indra's like, nobody kneel, I'm gonna do Soligon play, because I guess this is a conclave or something, I guess? I guess, like, well, I I think if you, like, throw down Soligon play to a commander, they have to, like, participate, because Mm -hmm. that's what happened with Lexa Lexa and and Roan. So, it's like a threat to their honor or something. Okay. (laughs) So they both get haircuts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they both get haircuts. um, And Shade Hedda is like, great, I wanted to return to the old ways, so sure. Um, Basically what happens in this battle is that he loses his knife, and then he takes hers, and then he almost kills Indra, but then Maddie shows up and stabs him in the eye, and then he's going to kill Maddie. Like, Maddie heard him say that she could, she didn't win a conclave, and she was like, yet! <laughs> um, and so Indra's like, to save Maddie, I will kneel, and so everyone kneels, um, and Maddie runs away. Shade had to tells Knight to go and find her and kill her. So Murphy and Amori, like, took the rest of the faithful to save them, because Shade Hedda then tells everyone to kill literally all of them and their families and include the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jerry now is somehow standing <laughs> and walking. He's standing and walking, and the only clear... <laughs> and the only <laughs> clear <laughs> injury that he has is just, like, half a bandage on his head. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Murphy's talking to Jerry, and he looks over, and Maddie, like, nods to Murphy. Mm-hmm. And Murphy says, we're safe in here. I don't know what that's supposed to signify. Right. Like, that maybe Maddie's the one who locked the door or something? Or, like, Maddie was like, well, maybe know, it's to do with Maddie. It's just him comforting her again, I assume. It kind of looked like she was like, 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 Jerry was like, you were right. He goes, you were right. Shade had a one. And then he looks at Maddie, and Maddie looks like she's like, uh-huh. And then he's like, okay, we're safe in here. So, like, I wonder if Maddie was supposed to be, like, the distraction, or, like, she helped... Oh. I don't know. It, it's something to do so, with like, Maddie was, and Shade Hedda. It was okay with them. Like, they knew Shade Hedda was gonna win, but she needed to create a distraction it, to get them in? It almost feels like, and this could definitely not be true, but it feels like they had some sort of, like, plan to get Shade Hedda to win. But that Indra wasn't like in on it, you know? Like he like they they nodded each other as if they're like, our plan worked or whatever. Right. So like was Maddie supposed to show up so that Indra didn't die, but Shade Hedda still won? And like, why do you want Shade Hedda to win? Is that part of your plan? Right. I, I have no idea. So yeah, they're inside the reactor thing and they locked it, and Imori says, Look out, John, I think you might just be someone worth believing in. There's That's not very nice. She also, she's believed in him for, like, yeah, a while, and she was one of the only people that believed in him for a long time. I'm really confused about that line. Like, I can tell that whoever wrote it wanted it to be, like, a compliment, and wanted it not. to be like, Murphy, see, you're a good person. Can you believe it? Or, like, whatever. But it came off as just her kind of being like... See, you don't suck. Oh, look, you're kind of okay, you know? Right. I, uh, ugh, I didn't really like that. So yeah, that's the Sanctum storyline. Um, lots more to talk about with Bardo, though. But of before course. we move on, um, we just wanted to let you guys know we do have four other podcasts. We, we sure have do. Um, Stranger Things, Star Trek, mm-hmm. Lost, and Riverdale. Yes. So if you guys like any of those shows, um, feel free to check them out. Um, and also we have a Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, we have a Patreon. Um, it starts at a dollar a month. That's right. Only a dollar a month. Only and a dollar. All, all summer. All. Anytime. All, all, the, all <laughs> of forever. And, um... If you help us out with literally any donation, um, you get early access to all of our podcasts, and you also um, get our yearly um, postcard that we send. Um, mm-hmm. This year, we made it over $200 a month that we're getting, and so since we met that milestone, we're going to be sending out also like a bunch of stickers and other stationary things with our postcards this year, so you guys are going to want to get in on that. We also have a store called shopbelux.com where Brittany sells her um, resin art and I sell fandom embroidery. And since I last spoke to you guys, I put out another The 100 design. So now I have Lexa available. And um, so you can buy a duo of Clark and Lexa if you want to. And I'll make those for you. She's an icon. Um, if you help us out on Patreon with $5 or more, you get 10% off of shopbelux.com. But even if you don't have that 10% off, it'd be really cool if you went and check it out because that's another way you can help us monetarily and also get something really cool out of it. Um, yeah, and if you buy something and you put in the notes that you listen to Aficionados, I'll send you an Aficionado sticker because I have a bunch of them. And, um... If you can't help us out at all, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Word of mouth is really important. Um, So we appreciate you guys either way. So this is my summary for the Bardo storyline. 
Um, there are a couple of different storylines that kind of, like, weave in and out in the Bardo storyline, but I have to put them all together. I support you. All right, here we go. Clark says that she'll help Cadigan by being the key as long as he lets her friends go home to Sanctum. Echo and Co. don't want to go home. They've got a war to fight. They leave. Clark wants to speak with them privately. Nyla, Jordan, and Gabriel stay behind with Cadigan until he decides he just, like, wants to eat lunch and literally just (laughs) walks away. (laughs) No one does anything to stop him. Gabriel takes Jordan's gun and follows. They have lunch and talk about when they lived on Earth, and Cadigan, no joke, talks about memes. (laughs) He talks about memes and kombucha. Oh my god, is Brittany Broski an important part of the (laughs) Basically, oh, yeah. Basically, Gabriel is like, so your soldiers are basically robots, and Cadigan's like, so? Anders comes in, and they escort Gabriel out, so not only did he not keep Cadigan in the stone room, he also lost Jordan's gun. Meanwhile, Jordan and Nyla are looking at this code. Cadigan told them that it was from the original Bardoans. They cracked it a while ago, and it talks about the final war. Jordan realizes that it may be language similar to Korean, so they may have translated it incorrectly. This is the least annoying Jordan has been, maybe, ever. (laughs) Like, it was... Very interesting content, and yeah. I was very into it. Elsewhere, Hope is going to get sent to Penance, but Echo kills the guard and breaks Hope out. She has a plan, but she doesn't want to tell her what it is, or she might try to stop her. She has one hour to get all of their friends off the planet. Clark, Raven, and Miller go to see Octavia and Dioza, who are so happy to see them. Octavia has a lovely moment with Miller. Hope enters, but don't shoot her because she's Hope and not a disciple. Hope tells them that they need to leave, but they're all like, why? Hope's like, I literally don't know, but it doesn't matter, let's go. They're like, um, no. So Octavia runs off and they find Levitt. He's been tortured by Echo into telling her how to get Gem 9, the thing from last episode that turned the Bardoans into Crystal Giants, and how to use it. Honestly, expected this to come into play, like, way later, but sure. Like, they, like we literally learned about it last episode. Like, it, it feels like it, like, it, it's been three weeks since we learned about it, but, well, gen- I mean, like, if you're binging this show, like, you just learned about this last episode. Well, I mean, they, technically they dropped hints about it with... I guess they did. I guess that's true. Honestly, okay... Levitt is, like, so pumped to see Clark and co. He wants Octavia to save him and everyone. Octavia stuffs the gag back in his mouth and leaves him there. Did she even ever care for him? Oh, no. Honestly, it's kind of funny. They find Echo about to pour the Gem 9 into the water stream, which would evaporate and then make the chemical airborne, killing everyone. Raven tells her that she loves her and that they're sisters from being in space crew together. Bellamy wouldn't want this. Anders comes in and says he's disgusted with them. More of his people are dead. Hope gets her wish from last episode and kills Anders. He drops the gem nine and Hope catches it. Because I, I didn't explain how he got it, but he did, basically. We had a lot. Well, Dioza gave it back to him. Yeah, so Dioza grabbed it from Echo, who gave it to Anders. Um, so he drops the gem nine and Hope catches it. She's about to pour it into the water stream, but Dioza catches it in her hand and becomes a crystal giant, killing her. Everyone pulls Hope out of the room and they run. Yeah. I, I sad. Yeah. I, it, oh, I have thoughts. Okay. We'll, we'll get there once we get to the end. Yep. Cool. So, um, we were talking a lot about, like, the placement of, like, the the symbols and, like, if that meant anything. So, Octavia and Dioza both have their symbols in the same place, but Echo has it in a different place. Mm-hmm. They talk about how they are not prisoners, and if Echo didn't want revenge, they could have just left there. You know? Like, they would right. have all been free. Yeah. If Echo had been like, I don't care for revenge, it's fine. Exactly. You know? Um, which is why, like, Octavia and Dioza are like, um, heck, what the heck? Just wondering. Right. The disciples are very sure of their loyalty to them. Like, they really are like, our methods work. So we know that they're on our side. Uh, It feels like level two is a little too low to be wearing the suits already. 
I don't know when they start wearing the suits, but um, it feels like level two is really low to have, like... To have gotten, like... Yeah. But, I mean, also, like, they're all... that Everyone's wearing them. That's true. Like, we didn't... We haven't really seen people who are, wear, who are wearing them, mm-hmm. who aren't wearing them, who aren't, like, in disciple robes like Anders. Yeah. And that's even, like, higher level. So Clark basically says, I will help you as long as I can talk to my friends alone, and also I don't want anybody around us. If I see one guard, I'm not helping you. Or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, this is really convenient considering we never see anybody. <laughs> um, so Cadigan says that non- all non-essential personnel can return to live sec. Is it the living section? Living sector? Something else? I don't know. Either way, it wasn't on the map. Right. Um, so Anders is, like, not really sure about this, so maybe he doesn't quite believe that he, they, like, have them after all. You know, like, Cadigan seems really sure that they have them, like, in their grasp, but Anders doesn't seem as sure. Um, so Miller tells them to get the flock out of here. I, I, I'm sorry, before we make fun of his terrible pun, yeah. pun that he wouldn't understand. Yeah. I get the, I get, I get the difference between Cadigan and Anders in believing their loyalty. Yeah, Anders has been there. Anders has been there training them, or at least assisting with training them, uh, and Cadigan's just like, sure, everyone is loyal to me. I am worshipped. What do you mean there are, like, a possibility that these people don't agree with us? Yeah. Okay, you guys, so here's the thing. Um, I'm house-sitting right now, um, and we, I've, they've got this cat, and his his name is Dwayne, um, and he's just, he's a really loud purrer. And he's now right beside the microphone, so if you hear cat purrs, it's ambient, which is always my, um, my excuse. <laughs> um, he's, a, he's a very sweet boy. He's just very happy. Yeah. He's happy all the time. Okay. Um, so yeah, Miller says to get the flock out of here. Oh, that was a cat sneezing. <laughs> Bless you, Dwayne. <laughs> Bless you, Dwayne. So Miller says to get the flock out of here, um, and um, obviously we've been using flock for the past, like, few episodes. Flock has been, like, a word that we've been using. Mm-hmm. And so originally I was like, but Miller hasn't, like, been there for anybody using flock. He doesn't know what the episode title is. It doesn't make any sense. And I realized that he might be making that pun based on him being called the shepherd. Yeah. Like, I However, that's how- a bit of a stretch. I see how he could have gotten there. But like that's a that's dependent on Miller knowing what a shepherd is. Yeah. yeah. Because he grew up in space mm-hmm. where that's not a thing because right. they don't have animals. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um so like they he I guess he heard that he was called the shepherd and just started thinking of puns from there. And like you can't tell me he paid attention in earth skills. Yeah. Like cuz he didn't. So now I've been paying attention to the symbols because one of the questions that I had was like, are the symbols the same? Like, does each symbol represent a level or mm-hmm. does each, do the symbols represent something else? Um, and I think that they represent a level, which okay. we kind of like assumed anyway. But yeah. if like Echo, Dioza, and Octavia had all been level twos and the symbols had been different, then that kind of would have told us that um, the symbols mean something else. Right. Is it raining? I think it is. Yeah. It's ambient, you welcome, guys. Welcome to our podcast what a mess. ASMR um, it, thing. So they're like, huh, what the heck is happening here? And so Gabriel tells them about the MCAP and how they think that she's the key because they got the info from Octavia's head. So we were kind of both right in that way. Yeah. And I love that for us. Um, they didn't tell them that it wasn't in Clark's head. So like once they actually became disciples last episode, they could have said... 
Clark isn't the key because the key the way, is not actually in not Clark's in head. head so that means that they're not real disciples. And I was like, bro, didn't even think of that. I wondered if that just, like, if they just didn't know that that's what the key was. Right. Because, like, it seems like it's a very specific set of people who know what the key is. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah, like, they might just not know. Like, they obviously were still on our side and had a plan to, like, bounce out of there anyway. But, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So never mind. We're not stupid. So they go to see Hope, and Hope truly believes that Echo is sending her to penance. Um, and the lady who's coming to get her calls her Seeker Dioza. We've never heard anybody use these, these, the this, term seeker before, but okay. Somehow, like, okay, so here, my main thing was that, like, she recognizes Nyla, Jordan, and Miller and says that Octavia <laughs> described them well. And so I was like, would Octavia describe all these people? And then I realized she did have a bit of a connection with Nyla. So yes. sure. She was in the bunker with Miller. And, and he was, like, one of her, like, loyal subjects, too. So, sure. And then she would have talked about Monty, so she would have talked about Jordan. So, okay. It's just, like, it makes sense to me that Maddie would recognize all of these people because Clark is a very good artist and, like, drew all of the people. I feel like she would have gotten, like, Octavia and, or sorry, she would have gotten Miller and Nyla from Octavia, but maybe Monty more from Echo because they spent six years together. Right, sure. That makes sense. I just, like, how did she describe them? She was like, Nyla has blonde hair, and she's always dirty for some reason. I'm like, whatever, you know? Like, she's like, Miller has short hair, and it's like, (laughs) it's just hard for me to, like, believe that she would, like, just recognize them from, like, the description that she was given. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Some characters look the same, you know? Like, if she, she could be like, whoa, Clark, and it's like, no, that's Nyla, you know? Um, Oh, man. Also, Clark's been hanging out with Nyla this whole time. We all gonna forget the part, the time when she and Ni- Nyla, like, hooked up? Like, no one brings that up. Um, right? Like, the, every time I see Nyla and Clark hanging out or Bellamy and Raven hanging out, mm-hmm. I'm like... Y'all did stuff and no one talks about it. No one talks about that. So Echo gives Hope one hour to get everybody off the planet. She's not telling her plan because she's not good at keeping secrets. Um, back in the stone room, Nyla is speaking Trig, and Cadigan realizes that Callie must have been really important if her language, um, survived such a long time. And I just wanted to say, don't act like you give a crap about your kid when you were such a freaking jerk the entire (laughs) prequel. Like, you're literally the reason your kid, like, died on Earth never having seen you again. Yeah. So Nyla remembers her. She was called Calliope Prom Flamcap. Flame Keppa, which means Calliope, the first flame ke- flame keeper. Yes. So that makes sense to what we all expected it to be. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And um, she said that they say that she was brave and strong. And when she died, even her enemies wept. So that's yeah. that's a lovely sentiment. I yeah. feel like um, that's a really great um, like. I know this is a thing that would like come up in the prequel if it ever became a thing, and I don't super want it to become a thing because I don't want to have to be invested. But I'm really curious as to how we got, we went from Calliope, this like great flame keeper who's like kind and gentle, to these children must battle to the death to yeah. decide which one gets the robot in their head. You know, right? Yeah. Like how did how did we get from how did we go from Becca and Callie? To Shade Hedda and Titus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So he's going to ask what Promflim Keppa means, but it doesn't matter. So I guess that was, like, something that she kind of... That, that was, evolved. Yeah, it evolved as um, as the world went on. 
Um, they're like, how are you alive? He says, he, well, he wouldn't know what flame keeper means. That's true. Because he says, what does prom, but I feel like prom is something that you would know. Yeah, like prom he probably could have figured out and it's, then maybe he figured out via context clues. Sure. Um, he says that he's alive because of cryogenics and a well-balanced diet. <laughs> and he says that Gabriel is similar to him because he's also immortal from Earth and was worshipped by his people. And Gabriel's like, ew. It's like, I don't no. want to be that guy. Um, Gabriel's like, you help somebody come up with immortality one time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he says, it's really nice to talk to someone from that time. And then he shows us the logs from the Bardoans that they, um, that they translated. Nyla and, uh, Jordan translate later. Yeah. So I wrote down a bunch of the things that are on here. And then later, um, there's more. So let me monologue it for you. Yes, please. So we began our fight to discover more, the quest to understand who built the bridge and why. The marks left on the cold mountain of greatness, which makes me think, Etheria, a promise of something beyond all we have known. The co- the te- <laughs> I messed up when I was typing, I don't know what the word is. The test is clear, or- I wrote the toast. I got. I got. It says the toast, so I don't know <laughs> if it's the coast is clear or the test is clear. I think it's the test. Test would make sense because that's what Nyla and Jordan talk about later. Yeah, the test is clear. Find the correct combination and set the great event in motion. The orb becomes like a star, challenging all we have done and all that we are. Only then will the last war begin. Make it past and cease to be fallible. Transcend into greatness, evolve into more. And then it continues on later with... The last war should not be entered into lightly. Lifetimes of preparations will lead to this moment. Strength will be crucial. If we are not prepared to rise up to be the best versions of ourselves, we shall face nothing but defeat when the last war has ended. Should the fighters not... Something, something, something. Our entire kind... Something, something, something. Like, uh, that's when it kind of gets cut off and people's hands are in the way and stuff. Hmm. So, yeah, I agree with Jordan later when he says, like, none of this is talking about violence. So, the like, only violent word is war. Yeah. So, Jordan and essentially figures out that it's talking about a test, right? Yeah. And that's basically what you can maybe assume happened with Becca when she went through the That's what I was thinking as well. Um, so... Let's start taking bets now. 100%. It's going to be Clark that goes through and is like the one person to represent all of humanity and yeah. determine whether or not they should be annihilated forever. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, you have six episodes to do that. So can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, they didn't record the code and the flame knows the code. So that's why they need the flame. That being said, if of anyone, I would want it to be Clark. Yeah, like, I agree. I, if it was anybody else, I'd be like, um, who's your main character? Right. Jordan starts talking about how they want to evolve to a higher level through their lowest behavior and start talking about how violence and more violence and blah, blah, blah. Hi, I'm Monty's son, which is basically the only thing that he does. Um, that's his, his defining feature is being Monty Green's son. Yeah. If Jordan is your favorite character, all the respect to you. I just don't think he's written very well. It's it's very much like a ghost of Monty situation. Yeah. Like, we don't even get mentions of Harper, which makes me sad because, mm-hmm. like, she was also his mom and, like, that was very important. Yeah. I think, and of course, we always say if every character is someone's favorite character. So, oh, for sure. Um, Just like, you know, we're able to be really critical of how Raven is being written. It's not that we hate Raven. It's just that she's not being written very well. And the same goes for Jordan. Yeah. So, which is no shade against Shannon as well. Of course. Like, Shannon's great. 
So Nyla says a really good line, which is, every war seems like the last one until the next. That was a, that was really well done. I mm-hmm. liked that. So then he decides he's hungry and he's going to lunch and they just like They're watch just, him leave. They okay. just, wa- what, you guys are so useless. Like shoot at the door, shoot him in the foot. Hello, do a trick. I just, I, when I watched it again, Clark was literally like, hold the room. Like, don't let him leave, or, like, those were, like, the two rules that she gave them, and then they immediately just let him walk away. And he's so, like, sure that they're not gonna do anything, and he's right. (laughs) So, then Dioza and Octavia are in there in a room together, and Dioza's really worried about Hope and, like, angry with Echo for, like, multiple reasons. Then they see their friends and everything, and, you know, Miller still sees Octavia's blood reina, uh, but it's really lovely because she just, like, wants to give him a hug. And it's, like, a, it's a lovely moment between those two. Yeah, Hope recognizes them. We already talked about this. Echo didn't want to tell Hope her plan because then, like, everyone else would, like, know it because she's, like, a big mouth, basically. Um, but Echo shouldn't have brought up Levitt either because now they have something to go on. They have, like, a clue to follow, you know? Mm-hmm. And Hope's like, I'm not trying to stop her because I want Echo to kill everybody, basically. Um, and Dioza says that she knows what it's like to kill innocent people for a cause. Right. Um, and Hope says, there are no innocent people here. And I'm like, y'all just hung out with five children. Right. Like, little children. Ugh. Yeah. So then Cadigan goes to lunch, uh, with Gabriel. Well, basically Gabriel shows up to lunch with Cadigan. Yes. Um, and there's two plates. So did Cadigan have, Cadigan have them set up two plates because he knew Gabriel was coming? Or well, he like- he follows him out of the room pretty quickly, doesn't he? Yeah. I guess, but, like, it seems like he just walked straight into that room and the lunch is already laid out. Right. You know, I'm not really sure what was that up, that what that was up with. What was up, up with, with that? that. <laughs> um, and, so, yeah, my next question was, where did he get this food? Like, have they been, have they been also cryogenically freezing, like, his favorite foods as well? <laughs> this doesn't seem like a thing that they, like, just eat on Bardo. Right, I feel like people on Bardo get, like, rations of like like algae on mush. like yeah. algae on the ark and like people in the bunker <laughs> it's, it's algae people algae people crystal giants are just made of algae so they they're just, like they just pick a different crystal giant to like dissolve mm-hmm. and eat like <laughs> um so he's like you know this is from your time and gabriel's like not my time my mother's time which makes sense because like becca is in our future so like gabriel's mother right. could be like around our actual time uh-huh. Um, so they've got kombucha, avocado toast, I think, sushi, a parfait, I think, etc. And then just, like, a bunch of random dishware. Like, each side of the table has a butter-like dish, a butter holder, a gravy boat, like, a thing to pour, like, cream and stuff. And I'm like, you can't use all these things here for this meal. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God, Robin. How did we both walk past poutine? Oh my god, poutine. Poutine should survive to the future. Yes. Anyway, what the <laughs> heck? I, I still don't understand. I, I don't know what we need a gravy boat for. <laughs> that's for the poutine. Oh, okay. That's so sorry. That's just what <laughs> made me think of it. Um, so Gabriel really likes the kombucha because his grandmother in Colombia used to make kombucha, obviously because the original Gabriel's family mm-hmm. is from Colombia. Um, and he says at least until they cut off her drinking water so the rich could water their lawns. And you know what? Damn. Damn. And also, that just sucks because, like, I can see that happening now. Oh, absolutely. And maybe it, it already it is. It does happen now. Yeah. So Cadigan talks about how he's like, oh, I know what it's like. 
<laughs> I know what it's like to start at the bottom. I know about class struggles. I struggled I, to get to the top for like, like two minutes and then everyone gave me money. I, I started flipping burgers. So confirmed Cadigan worked at McDonald's. For sure. So he can definitely help me out with- No, he's not good enough to have worked at McDonald's. He worked at Burger King. <laughs> Burger King. No shade to anyone at all who works in fast food. Yeah, of course. But Burger King is trash. <laughs> if you work at Burger King, I respect you, but the food is not good. Yeah. And it's very expensive for no reason. <laughs> and I'll say that. That's when he brings up memes. And I think it's so funny that he's like, you know, the memes. <laughs> and Gabriel's <laughs> like, yeah, Earth was pretty terrible. Excuse me. Memes, memes are one of the best parts of Earth. Memes are one of the best things that has ever happened and I'm waiting for the day in which the archaeologists have to find all the memes and have to decipher the memes. Exactly. So then once again, he says that they were not a cult. Unfortunately, I don't believe you. And he says that he doesn't claim to be a god because he doesn't even believe in God. But he does believe that he was chosen. And Gabriel's like, well, if not by God, who were you chosen by? Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't know, but when we put in the code, we'll find out. And I'm like, that's God. a really bad answer. He's just, Cadigan is just so vain. Yeah. Like, Gabriel is not innocent in, like, mm -hmm. the grand scheme of life. Yeah. But, like, he's just such, so much of a better person than Cadigan yeah. is, it's not even funny. So he starts bringing up the fact that love makes us human, and so why would we save humanity without love? Because then we're saving exactly. humanity without our humanity. Right. And then Cadigan's like, have you ever done something that you regret in the name of love? And then Gabriel's like, I have a lot to think about. He's like, I have a list. Um, <laughs> and Cadigan says that, he says we all have. But it kind of doesn't feel like it. Because, like, right. all the people that he, when we saw him in Anaconda, all the people he loved, he was fully willing to just betray. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like he you do anything that you regret in the name of love. He didn't do any of that in the name of love. He did that in the name of, like, all power to me. And selfishness. For all mankind, but in reality, just for me. It's like, for for me to have power. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's his whole end game. He doesn't care about other people. He let his own wife, he threw his wife out. Yeah, to die. Um, to die. And yeah. he left all of his children on this planet to die. And now he's like, oh, she must have been important. You can't care that much if, whatever. He says, when someone you love betrays you, it is the worst pain. So what we're gonna do is just not love anyone. And then we can't, and that, that's the problem is that it's like, it's worth it though. Like, that's the point is that like, right. it's all worth it. You love people. And if you get betrayed by them, at least like, it's better to have loved than to not have loved at all. Exactly. You know? Ugh. It's very, and also he didn't even seem that upset when Cal Goliath left. Yeah. Like. He was like, bye. <laughs> she, she, he was like, fine, I'm going through the space portal. Um, all of you can rot here. <laughs> the, th the thing that he was mourning was the loss of Becca's journal. Literally. So. And the flame. Yeah, exactly. And so he says, aren't answers worth a little sacrifice? And I'm like, sure, a little, but you're making big also, sacrifices like here. Also, like, what was this man expecting from, like, how was he expecting the flame to get there in the first place if all of his family left the the bunker? Yeah. And, like, he has no idea what happens on Earth, uh, happened on Earth after that. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't know where the flame is. He doesn't know where his family went. Like, 
how did he, they expect to get the key before they found out that it was in Clark via Octavia, who showed up, I don't know, three months ago? Yeah. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> so Andrews shows up and he's like, I need to talk to you, sir. And, you know, he's upset because he's the one who's supposed to have lunch with him or whatever. It's like, I thought that was my place. So they take Gabriel and the gun. So thanks for nothing. Like, Gabriel doesn't even Gabriel fight for it. Gabriel doesn't, like, even put in an effort. Like, uh, they have, like, four guns. Or I guess they had right. five. No, like, only Nyla, Jordan, and Miller had guns, I think. And then Raven had the suit. And then I don't know what Clark had. But so now we only have, what, two guns left? I thought Clark had a gun. Okay, so... Clark has a gun. Oh, like a hand... Yeah, right. She has a handgun. Yeah. That's why I missed it. But, uh, yeah, so we have, like, three guns left. Thanks, Jordan. Or thanks, Gabriel, really. I mean, thank Jordan... Like, Jordan should have gone if... (laughs) I just don't understand why neither Jordan, Nyla, or Gabriel put in any effort to do what Clark said. Like... At all. Like, you had literally one job. Mm -hmm. And they were all just like, okay. (laughs) Well, we know where to find you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, get, well, I'll have my people call your people. Yeah. So he's like, okay, listen, Mr. Shepherd, sir, we have a problem. Um, It's Echo. She's killing people. So we go to see Levitt. Um, and it feels like Octavia actually does kind of care about him, which is nice. Like, I, I, I was worried that either Octavia was manipulating him or he was manipulating Octavia. And I really like that it kind of does seem like pure in the way that they both actually did really care yeah, for each other. Yeah, it was other. a genuine, like, there was genuine emotion between the two of them. It's just that Octavia cares more about everything else than him. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm glad that she made that choice, yeah. to be honest. Like, I would have been really, like, I as a left, as someone who was really into Love Tavia until last episode, like, I would have still have been upset if she had chosen Levitt over. Chosen this Clark. man she's known for three weeks over, like, the people that we've seen her, like, be a family with since the beginning. Yeah. Um, so he feels really bad because he broke and he got tortured and she killed two people in front of him. And so he told her how to use Gem 9, um, and she's going to be using a humidifier to make it airborne. Levitt also recognizes them, but it's kind of fun because Hope was like, oh, hey, it's you, you, and you. And Levitt's like, oh my god, Clark. Oh my god, I watched you on TV. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, Raven, of course you would know that you're so smart. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um... And so either they're going to save Echo or they're going to save all of Bardo and Octavia decides to save Echo, which I love. Mm-hmm. At least she says she's sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we go back to Jordan and Nyla and he says that potentially this language could be structured like Korean because Monty's dad was Korean. All right, you guys, I did some research and this is, this is yikes.com. Yikes.com. So this is fine. Sure. Chris Larkin, Korean. Great. So that's fine. Shannon, however, is South African and Chinese. So I can excuse this one because they were basically just looking for somebody who looked like Chris and Chelsea. That's fine. However, the woman who played Hannah, Monty's mom, she was Japanese. So I'm just like, did anybody talk about this in season three when Hannah was around? Like, did any, was anybody like, hey, um, you casted a Japanese woman as the mother of a Korean man. What's going on I here? I feel like you they know? had to retcon that his father was Korean just to, like, cover their tracks there. Because mm-hmm. we never see Monty's dad. So, we, like, mm-hmm. there was never a person cast to be Monty's dad. Yeah, we heard a lot about, we heard about him and yeah. how he was a hero, but. Exactly. Yeah. But we never see the guy, so we don't know, like, who he is mm-hmm. or, like, if he's Korean, I guess. It's just, 
you can't, you know, Asian people are not interchangeable. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I have to say it, like, I am glad that they didn't go like, oh, my dad was Korean. And then we like go back and we're like, well, his mom was Japanese, but okay. You know, like, right. at least they made it about his dad. Like, so, it, yeah, sure. they made it about Monty specifically. And mm-hmm. yeah. So he kind of explains how to read um, Korean and says that Monty taught Jordan Korean. However, I have to say, we didn't, we never saw Monty know Korean. Right. Well, like, like I ever. would, it would make sense to me that, like, people on the Ark would know multiple languages. Yeah. Like, as in particular, because the Ark was, like, a particular melting pot of, like, genius people in space. Mm-hmm. So, I... Like, sure. I feel like things like that, especially on the Ark, would have gotten passed down. Mm-hmm. As, whereas on, like, on Earth, they may may not have, and they, like, evolve their own language. Right. However, like... Something that's important to note that it kind of feels like we're doing, like, we this could be stereotyping in yeah. the way that, like, a lot of people, like, just assume that people know, like, the languages of their, like, parents and, like, ancestors and, and things when, mm-hmm. like, some people just don't. And that's okay. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, second generation or more. Sure. Sometimes you just, like, you don't know it. You yeah. Know? So, and, and I feel like it's kind of maybe a stereotype that people always know it. Right. Sometimes you only just, know English. Same. They just assume that Monty's grandfather taught him, or Monty's father taught him Korean. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he did. Sure. Sure. But like, it, it would have been nice to have seen a little bit more of that ahead of time. Yeah. Like, it's it's not that Monty knowing Korean Korean is is not a problem. Like, no. I, I fully believe it. I'm with you. I'm going there. It's just that it's something that now is important. It's it's just a new thing that we're learning about an old character who's not even here anymore to make like to make a point on this particular episode. So yeah. it's it's just very heavy-handed and mm-hmm. like not well done. Yeah. So yeah, he said that they could have decoded it wrong and each symbol could instead of being a word could be a letter. And I'm like that's interesting, but I feel like once you decode something and like it actually makes sense, like if this is the code and it like makes sense, it's like hard to think that it could be like a different thing, you know? Like it's just weird to me that the words that they have decoded like are in the right order and make sense and everything. It's like how Well, I don't know, it's just it it is like he said if you're looking for something for it to prove something then it's going to prove what you were looking for. Right. So like who's to say that they didn't get it wrong entirely? Like that's they did this sort of on Star Trek Picard this season as well with, like, this monument that was left by an ancient race that can only sort of be completely understood by synthetic life. And, like, another alien race read it and, like, misinterpreted the meaning of the, like, message left behind. And, I don't know. It's, I, 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 yeah. It's, it's just very possible to misinterpret. Sure. I guess the thing that I was trying to say is just that, like, if you have, like, a code and it says, I think I want some fries, and, and then you decode it and you're like, oh, it says, I think I want some fries. And it's hard for me to believe that there could be, like, another, um, thing that you, like, could, decode thing that you could decode it to, like, with another, like, code or something that it would say, like, something completely different. And I'm like, but it says, I think I want some fries. So, like, is that just, like, a coincidence that it also said, I think I want some fries? Well, I think it's very important also if they were operating off of 
an accurate key mm. because we don't know what their key was for decoding it. And, like, if the Bardoans even, like, spoke English at all right. or, like, you know? So, um, I took a picture of what it said on, um, kind of, like, the side. Like, so, basically, the screen is cut up into three different sections. The first section is, like, the actual code, so, like, the symbols. And then underneath, you have, like, the English that they uh, decoded it to. And then on the side, they have, like, the symbols and what they mean. So, I took a picture of that. And so, one of the symbols means planets, worlds, environment, territory, domain, Another one says home, household, family, kin, people, person, mankind, species, strong, barrier, force field, blockade. So it's like they're kind of just like each of these things rather than being a word is like an idea. And then they just like made it make sense kind of. So like, so yeah. And then like the one that he clicks is war, which is war, fight, attack, assault, hatred, barrage, gunfire. And that's in there like a few times because it's supposed to say war or whatever. So I'm interested in hearing, like, what Jordan thinks that it's actually saying. Yeah. Like, maybe that's the word test? I don't know, because, I don't know. So, so um, yeah, he says there's nothing about violence in there, just preparation, so it could just be a test, right. not a war. Um, So Gabriel comes back, and they're like, hi, and he's like, so, I lost Cadigan and the gun. And they're <laughs> like, I don't love that about you. They're just like, you had one job. Anyway, we the, didn't do our job either, so come look at this yeah. cool thing we just figured like, out. I'm also useless, so come on <laughs> over. Let's do something useful real quick. So they assume that the test would be taken by whoever enters the code, and so I was th- also thinking the same thing as you. Maybe this is what Becca did. Right. And they're like, should we tell them? And Gabriel's like, no, because otherwise Cadden- Cadigan will is- insist on being the person who wants to take it, and he just like should not be that person. Right. Um, Which is also what Becca assumed. Exactly. So in the, like, place where Echo is, she's looking at her watch and it counts down to zero. So she waited the one hour that she was supposed to wait. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of find it hard to believe because earlier um, when Hope goes to get, like, Dioza and and Octavia and everybody, she says, we have 45 minutes. So I'm like, you're telling me (laughs) that it was 45 minutes since you literally just went to talk to Levitt and then came here? And then got down the stairs? Like, 45 minutes seems like a long time, but okay. So we're like, Echo, we won't leave without you. And they say, don't kill everybody because there are good people here. And Octavia's like, or Echo's like, Levitt? He's like, fine, I guess. You know? (laughs) Echo's like, where? (laughs) I'm like, girl, I don't don't know. tell you. (laughs) So she's like, Levitt stole your memories and gave them away. And all of this happened because of him. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. T, expose him. But he did leave out, like, certain things that did help you. So, like, he's not all bad, okay? I'll allow it. So then Clark starts talking about how she shouldn't do it because choices like this stay with her, with you. Um, and Echo says that there, this is different because Clark does this, this, this sort of thing to save the people that she loves. And Echo literally just wants revenge. So she recognizes that Clark is like a better person than her. Like, I get the, I like the point that she was making with that, but also like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Echo truly believes that Bellamy would do the same thing if Echo, Octavia, or Clark were killed by these people. Raven's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Um, if, yeah, she, Octavia, or Clark were killed, um, and Raven's basically saying, like, season three Bellamy, sure. Yeah, I feel like Raven makes a really good point. Mm-hmm. Like, past Bellamy probably would have But not space crew out like Bellamy. That. But especially when we see Bellamy at the end of season five, when Maddie wants to kill the, mm-hmm. um, to leave the, like, prisoners behind or whatever and kill them. And he's like, hey, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I don't think, I don't think Bellamy would want this either. I agree. Um, and so Raven says that she and Echo are sisters. They spent six years together. And honestly, this is Raven's best moment all season. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe for the past Maybe in the past two seasons at least. Yeah. Um, and she's like, if you do this, I'm staying here and I'm also going to die. And I'm like, okay, like you say that, this kind of feels like a bit of a bluff though. You know, like if Echo's like, okay, then like Raven's like, I could get away, but I'm just going to stand here because I told Echo I would, you know, like at some point do you not go, you know what? I I am going to actually run away. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I just find it hard to believe that she'd be like. I could get away, but I'm not going to because I said I wouldn't. If you don't know, Robin is a Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> so she would leave. I, I understand being like, if you do this, you're killing me. And obviously that works for her. But like, if somebody was like, okay, well, I'm killing you. Then I'd be like, well, that's well, not very nice. And then just like, hang on a minute. And then also run away, you know, I'd be like, well, I know where you stand. <laughs> So Anders comes in and he's like, hey, you killed three more disciples and tortured ones, so we don't love that. <laughs> Last episode, he was like, Echo, you are a star pupil. And now he's like, Echo, you tricked me. He's like, what? what why? <laughs> shame on you. And if you fool me again, still shame on you. <laughs> um, and so he says that he is disgusted by them and that the disciples are peaceful and, um, like, all these people are basically just, like, beasts. You're not peaceful. Whatever. You're preparing for war. I definitely Ugh. understand where he's coming from, though. Like, I have to say, you know, these people just, like, showed up. They didn't invite these people. I mean, they took Octavia and Teosa, for sure. I was about to say, they kidnapped some of them. <clears throat> yeah. But, like, he, you know, they showed up and they just killed, like, a whole bunch of their people. This, this probably, I don't think has ever happened to them before, you know? They lost so many people in the span of, like, of these three months. Yeah. They, like, don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm surprised that they've, like, kept them on, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what? Like, at that point, if these people are killing your people actively, why wouldn't you just, like... Yeah, or, like, just send them to Penance and be like, goodbye, and they'd be like, cool, fine with us. Like, why wouldn't you just leave them on Penance? Like, I I don't get it. (laughs) And so Miller's like, whoa, that's brave of you for someone who's standing alone in front of all of us or whatever. And Dio's just like, oh, he's not alone. Um, And, of course, you know, there's a bunch of people on ghost mode behind him, so... Um, she says you shouldn't fire because I have this, we have this thing in the room, so you obviously don't want to do that. Um, and he's like, for punishment, Echo will be sent to penance for 20 years. And, you know, and then maybe she'll be old enough to date Bellamy again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, no. I I was talking to my mom earlier today, and she was like, how long do you think it's been for Bellamy? And I was like, I... I'm torn between... like, five, ten years, I thought. Right. I'm torn between it's been at least... It's been... Ten or... <laughs> it's been, like, ten to fifteen years because yeah. he looks so, like, weathered. Yeah. Or it's only been, like, a handful of years and he just looks really bad because he's been eating mountain scorpions and nothing <laughs> else and freezing all for... And he doesn't have a razor. Time. Yeah. And he doesn't have a razor or anything to cut his hair with right. besides, like, a sharp rock. Right. I'm I'm holding my reservations until then to decide how long it's been. However, like, I just cannot... And, and I think now we've seen a still of him with another character. So oh, we yeah? know that... Yeah, I saw one on Twitter. And so, like, I... He's not, like, alone alone. In the trailer, it looks like he's alone alone. And I was like, seriously? You guys have put, like, now, Hope, Gabriel, Echo... Octavia, Dioza, and now also Bellamy. I think that's it. They've all, like, been 
in isolation with a couple other people, but isolation, isolation mm-hmm. for like over five years, you, like 10 years for 10 years for Octavia. Like, why, why are we doing this? I don't like everybody. All, yeah. all of the hundreds started around the same age and they're going to end the series in, in, in completely like, different ages. Very <laughs> wildly different ages from each other. Like before this happened, Octavia had become older than Bellamy. Yeah. Before he got sent to Etheria. And now it's like, huh? Yeah. And like Clark spent five years. Ugh, yeah, you're right. Everybody's been alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and Clark. The, the psychology. And like them being alone so much. They, Why? Why? And then, like, I guess I would also include, like, Imori and Murphy and Harper and Monty in that as well, because they were also up there, like, alone with a small group of people. I just don't understand, like, why why we're doing that. Like, why? I don't know. And, like, just, like, in between season four and season five was, like, a really big time jump. And on Lost, there was also, like, a really big time jump around there. The time jump was three years on Lost. Mm -hmm. And we got to see everything that happened within those three years and all of that. And it was great. And that was, like, the last one, you know? And now we're just, like, getting time jump after time jump after time jump after time jump. And I'm like, but why? Right. So Hope kills Anders, and she catches the thing, and she goes to drop it into the thing. And Dioza catches it, catches the little drop with her hand. Why? Just to, like, save all of Bardo? Why? I guess to, like, well, when we were watched with Brittany yesterday, she said it was to save, like, Hope's soul, essentially, and keep Mm -hmm. her from, like, wiping out an entire race. (laughs) Echo and Clark are like, I'm doing just fine. (laughs) Well, I've done it, and I'm I'm still okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's, like, to save Hope, because if she had done that, the, there's a low possibility of any of them having been able to get out of the, mm-hmm. or at least like get her out of any of I don't know like I'm like is it because if it's to save Hope's soul like what's stopping her from like grab like holding on to it and then doing another drop and being like it was me <laughs> right not you it was me I don't yeah I don't know and it's and I guess it's to save the Bard Bardo and peep like the new the disciples but but why you haven't given me a reason for Dioza to believe that that is necessary and here's the thing either hope kills all of bardo and like maybe not you guys or hope kills her mother like kind of kills her like by accident but she kills her mother and then feels like it's her fault for the rest of her life yep like what's worse i mean like (laughs) for hope this. Yeah, for Hope, for sure. For all of Bardo, the other thing, right. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so Dioza turns into a crystal giant. Now Hope's going to feel like it was her fault for the rest of her life. And Dioza's final words are, don't waste this little one. Be better than me. I'm sad about it. So at the end of last episode, you said, if Dioza dies, Jason, it's on site. Can you elaborate? Uh, I'm just, it's on site. I don't. I'm already so angry at this man for, like, the things he's done in the past seasons. Like, the things he did to Abby Griffin, mm-hmm. personally. Like, Lexa, Lincoln. Just the 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 mishandling of writing anyone off the show, except for maybe Monty and Harper, mm-hmm. is just astronomical. So, I've said this on Twitter, but I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. Um, the prequel. 
I, first of all, we don't think it's going to happen. And the reason why that is, is because Jason tweeted and said that it's pretty late for it. So I suppose that what they expected was for us to see the first three episodes and then they would pick it up based on how well the first three episodes did. And as you guys remember, only one out of those three episodes was actually like any good, very good. Um, and so, and, and definitely we're only six episodes away from like the end. So I don't, it's weird. It's too late for it, I think. And I just don't think it's going to happen. But if it was going to happen, the only way, like I would probably watch it, but like the only way that I could like actively support the prequel series is if it was in the hands of anyone else other than Jason. Agreed. I don't think that Jason treats his characters with respect. I don't think he cares about his fandom. He doesn't treat his audience with respect at all. And I don't think he's a very nice person. Um, And so I would... I would support the prequel if it was in the hands of anyone else, but because yeah. it is going to be put in the hands of Jason, I can't support the prequel, and I can say actively that I don't want it. Give it to somebody else? Sure. Not Jason. Yeah. Like... Were it to get picked up, I would probably watch it. We probably would not podcast about it because, like, that's just too much for our hearts, I think. But, yeah, I would actively be interested if it was given to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like, the Benson sisters Mm -hmm. or, like, most other women in that writer's room. You know, I... Um, yeah, I... He just, he just is malicious with, with the characters, with the writing, with the audience. He, he doesn't have the emotional intelligence to be a good showrunner. Sometimes it feels like he does upsetting things just to watch us suffer on Twitter. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't like that about him. And he he has always stoked the worst parts of fandom since, like, season two. Like, he's the reason there's such a divide between Bellark shippers and Klexa shippers. Mm -hmm. Like, he fueled that. He, and he created the mess himself. Yeah. Like, in a normal world, there would have been, like, disagreement, Mm -hmm. but not to the level that it has reached. This, this fandom is toxic. Toxic, but it, it's also, and that's why we try and, like, curate this little bubble that we're inside and. Where it's, like, safe for anybody. Yeah, we hope that you feel safe here because. It's not safe everywhere in this fandom, and I think we all understand that. I think also... And, like, there are good people in every part of the fandom. Yeah. It's just, there are also, like, so much negativity. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this fandom is also infamous, I think. Mm, yes. Even if you don't watch The 100, you've heard about The 100 fandom. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is one of the worst ones. And I hate that, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm part of it, and I have been for years. And, mm-hmm. you know... We've been given a bad name because of a few bad apples, and that sucks, and I blame those bad apples because they're the ones promoting the negativity, but who else is promoting the negativity? His name's Jason! Yep! So... Like, I just have so many things that I would say to him. So, can I get your Dioza thoughts? (sighs) I hate to say that I knew this was gonna happen, but I did. Um, I also knew, like, I knew, I figured out the day of when Abby died, like, before we watched, before the episode aired, I knew, like, by lunchtime that that night she was gonna die. How? I, I had a gut, I had a gut feeling that the shot with Russell was, like, worse than it seemed, and that something bad was going to happen, and Abby was going to die. Mm -hmm. And I knew... When we saw Hope banging on the door, like, fruitlessly, 
that Dioza was going to have, like, sacrificed her, herself somehow. And a little sacrifice? Yeah, a little <laughs> sacrifice. And then that we were going to end up here. Like, it, it was, it's just a gut feeling, and it, it didn't want it, didn't want to have it, but here we are. I, I'm just really disappointed because this is the third time that I can recall in the show's history where a character has had to kill their mother. Right. Or accidentally killed their mother. Right. Because Monty had to do it mm-hmm. twice yeah. in season three. Uh, he had to kill his mom, like, physically to save Octavia, and then delete her memory from the City of Light. And then Clark watched her mom, like, have been murdered without, like, her knowing about it, and then had to flush her out an airlock last season, which was horrible, and, like, like, when you make Clark Griffin watch both her parents go out of an airlock, it, anyway, all this to say, like, at this point, it's a, it's a, it's an intentional pattern, like, you do it once, it's like, okay, this is just heartbreaking and shocking and, like, sad, and you do it three times, it's, you rely on this, like, one kind of storytelling to be the most devastating and to hurt your characters and your audience the most. And it's exhausting and no one wants to watch it. Like, it happens over and over. And it's not entertaining. I I reread my review when from when Abby died um, because it came up in my time hop the other day. It's been about a year, so uh, shout out, guys. Um... <laughs> And I reread it and I was just like, I f- the way that the hundred uses character deaths is not good or interesting or like well done anymore. And like major character deaths. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it worked in season two. R.I.P. Trina and Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> it worked in season two when Clark had to kill Finn. Like, that was shocking and yeah. devastating and, like... Probably one of my favorite episodes right. of the show. It's It was very well done. Like, you know the inevitability is that Finn has to die. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a way to escape it, even though you know and you don't want to watch it happen. Yeah. But all of the, like, major character deaths after that have felt fruitless. Like, even Maya, I can understand. Because, like... Even in season, like, season two is probably, like, is lauded as the best season of the hundred. It's my favorite. I honestly agree. It is the best season of the hundred. We just really did not improve from there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it worked with Finn. I would say it even worked with Maya because that was, like, heartbreaking. And it showed how when you make a unilateral decision like that to, like, wipe out an entire people, you do kill the innocents as well, even. It's Um, just, I gotta say, real quick, in regards to that, like, it's just too bad, like, that we kind of lost Jasper at that point. Because Jasper was such, like, a joyful character, Mm -hmm. and it was also hard to see Monty, like, lose his best friend in that way. Anyway, continue. No, I completely agree with you, because, like, that's really where it started it took the darker darker turn. I feel like at the bridge of season two and season three is the turning point where the hundred had the opportunity to like go in a direction that could be maintained and could be interesting for a long, long period of time and like show growth for every character 
or turn in the other direction and come up with wild, crazy plots all the time and, like, new stories and, like, new directions and, like, just balls-to-the-wall action at at a nonstop pace. And they, they chose to go in that direction, and it it's a disservice to the characters, it's a disservice to the audience, and, like, you don't really notice it at until we're seven, we're, until we're in season seven, we're five seasons later, where, like, they started accelerating the gas, and then they just floored it, and you don't realize it until it's too late, and now we're here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just, I think it's a really gross pattern to have killed Dioza in the same sort of, like, adjacent manner to the way that Hannah was killed and the way that Abby was killed. And it's just, I'm... I'm disappointed by it, but not surprised by it, and I don't think it's very good storytelling. I don't want to say that they're learning, because I don't think they are, but at least Dioza, unlike the other two moms who you mentioned, oh, for sure. at least died, like, as, like, by trying to save their, you know, like, sacrificing themselves for their kid, rather than, like, Hannah being, like, a robot and, like, working for Allie, and then, like, Abby being turned into Simone, and then, like, also yeah. being, like, it's, like, the like reason Allie- why they killed their parents is because they were the enemy, and at least here right. it was, like, an accident, and, like, she was being a hero yeah. saving her daughter. Yeah, like, I mean, Abby, I guess, sort of saved Raven and Jackson in, mm-hmm. like, those final moments, but it was it really wasn't a choice to, like, to, like, fall on the sword, I guess. And, like, for Dioza, it was. But, yeah, it's it's just still too similar. I see what you're saying about it being different, and, like, I'm glad that Dioza, I guess, made the choice herself. But yeah. it's, I don't know. And, and, man, she was she was fast. If she hadn't oh, been yeah. so fast, it would have been like, oh, oops, Bobby. The, <laughs> the double use of slow-mo shots in this scene to yeah. me is just, like, it was a lot of well, what it was. It was, it, like, I don't know if this is interesting or, like, silly, but, like, Anders dropping the thing and then you being like, oh, no, and then, Everyone's like, catch. Hit. And then it's, like, Hope dropping the thing and you're like, oh, no, and then it's, like, catch. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, no, but I didn't want you to catch that yeah. one. Uh, if, if it had just fallen in, I would have been like, all right, and the next episode would be, like, like getting right, off be- the planet. Beetle on out of here, you guys. And I assume they would. They would, like, go to Etheria, then that's when they're going to find Bellamy. May I just say, real quick before we watch the trailer, <laughs> that next episode is called Etheria, which is the final planet of, like, the, I think, six that we had or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And the, like, log line for the episode is, where in the galaxy or where in the universe is Bellamy Blake? Probably Etheria. <laughs> that's what the episode's called. You think? Thank you. <laughs> and they gave us they gave us that like <laughs> several weeks ago. I was like, this that's Riverdale behavior. Let oh, me tell you sure. guys, let me tell you guys a quick anecdote about Riverdale, okay? Season 3 of Riverdale. <laughs> At the beginning, it's like the after the um mid-season hiatus. So this is like January, right? Every year they do a musical episode and they like put out like a cast list. And it's super super fun. You get to go in and like find all the easter eggs and the cast list. It's so fun. So beginning of like, the second half of season three of Riverdale, they try to tell you that Archie got attacked by a bear, bear and he died. And you're like, Archie is dead. Like, Archie, the main character, he's dead. And you're like, what? And then before even the next episode comes out, which reveals that he's not dead, Mm -hmm. they put out the cast list for Heathers, which was the, which was the musical episode that year. Mm -hmm. And guess who's on the cast list? Archie. Archie. And so I'm like, okay, 
So he's clearly not dead. Mm -hmm. Thanks for ruining it. Like, I knew he wasn't going to be dead anyway, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay. You know, like, that's that feels a little (laughs) bit Riverdale-y in the way that he's, they're just like, Bellamy's dead, Bellamy's dead. And then, like, they're they're like, like, Bellamy's on Etheria, because that's the name of this episode. And the only question we asked in this is, where is Bellamy? Yeah. Um, I also am, like, disappointed like, I'm, I'm so excited to see Bellamy again. I'm really ready to, like, for more, like, content of Bellamy and Clark because, mm-hmm. like, we have not seen them very much this season. I'm, I'm really still sad about Clark. Like, we got a little bit more of her this episode, but still, it, it wasn't a Clark episode, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know what was a Clark episode? Episode one of season five. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I'm excited to see Bellamy again, but I'm also, like, disappointed that my theory was wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that he is, like, in the ether? Right. He's in Etheria. So you're kind of right. Yeah, sure. (laughs) If you you just go into the, like, mysterious orb dust with no destination, you just get put on Etheria. I mean... So I guess my next question is like, did Anders put in the code did, for did Etheria? Dial Etheria? Like, did he mean to send him to Etheria? But if it makes you feel better, both of us were wrong because I thought he was going to Sanctum and True. he was going to be the person who brought through Gaia. Speaking, Speaking of, of, where's, where's Gaia? Gaia? Where's Gaia? Like, I would be thrilled if Gaia was also on Etheria and then we finally got answers as to like where Gaia is because so far we've been to like all a- of the planets and Gaia hasn't been on any of them. Like, whoever grabbed her had a suit. Like, oh. Bless you, sir. Oh, bless you, sir. That was damp. <laughs> Are you done sneezing? Okay. Like, but whoever yeah, grabbed her. Whoever grabbed her has a suit. Mm-hmm. So they had to have been Alan Bardo at some point. Like, but who is I'm, it? I'm trying to remember now. I'm just like, what if, like, it's somebody and, like, they put in the actual code to get to, the, like, the light place. But I think that the only reason why it was, like, is was it a light white or was it just green? Because I'm like, they were shutting it down, so it doesn't matter. It, it literally doesn't matter. They don't care where Gaia is, you it's know? It's just really weird, because, like, I, at this point, I'm like, was that intentional? Are we actually going to figure it out? Are we actually going to learn, like, where Gaia is? Or did you guys just kidnap her at the beginning of the season for an excuse not to have Tati around because mm-hmm. she was on Sabrina? Like... What's the truth? When I tell you, if they end this show without telling us where Gaia is, and Gaia just, like, presumably is just, like, dead somewhere, or, like, whatever, then I'm gonna be really upset. Yeah, I will as well. Like, at no point, like, when they're, like, at no point when they're on Bardo, are they gonna be, are they gonna be like, oh, Tati's also here as a prisoner, or whatever, you know, like. Like, are they gonna, at some point, a prisoner is just gonna take their helmet off, and it's gonna be Gaia, and it's just. And then she's the one that, like, brings them all down or something. I don't... I'm not buying it. Do you think that next episode's going to be a bottle episode that's only about Etheria and Bellamy? Because that's what it looks like with the trailer. And it just feels like another episode. Not not that it's a waste, because obviously we need to see where Bellamy is. But, like, it's... Why is everybody sneezing? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was sneezing earlier, too. What's wrong with this room? <laughs> it was a lot. Um, Hang on. I'm looking at the uh, episode stills. It's just in, it's just weird to me that, like, we've had multiple episodes that are, like, like, <laughs> 16 is not that many episodes away from 13, which is your usual size, you know? Like, I watch Riverdale, and Riverdale started at 13 and then ended up with 22 episodes a season. Episode, season one was 13 episodes, and every season since then, other than four, because it got... Okay. 
because it got cut short by COVID. Um, but they have an order for 22 episodes. And so a lot of the episodes are just filler episodes that are just for fun, you know? But 16 episodes for your final season? Bro, motor on. You gotta, you gotta get out the information that you wanna get out. You don't have time for filler episodes. I feel like the whole half, first half of the season was filler episodes. Like, we, we didn't get to any of the things that we like super duper care about. We just got to things that you guys like were told, told us that we had to care about because we didn't have anything else to to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Should we go to our segments? Yeah. I think also I think I agree with you. It'll probably be a bottle episode similar to the um, pilot, the backdoor pilot. Yeah, um, and then maybe Anaconda because there are And then like um the second and the garden which was only the stuff on penance. Yes, cuz there were there are two stills of Levitt m capping someone, which oh. I'm assuming is flashbacks. Maybe. Who is that? Do we know? No, it's... He, I don't recognize him. You might, but... Is that supposed to be a... Is that supposed to be a older Reese? That wouldn't make sense because Levitt is the same Wait, age. Who, who's Reese? Cadigan's son. Oh. Because it kind of looks like him, but maybe that's the guy who brought through Gaia or something. I don't know. The way that I... My instinct... <laughs> My instinct on Reese was, um... Witherspoon? The little, no, the little girl from season oh, yeah. one. You were like, you know what, I, I don't like, think I that's I don't think that's her, but I, I'm not gonna argue with you. Sir, we're not licking our butthole right now. Give us, like, five minutes, buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you can lick your butthole to your heart's content. <laughs> but, like, all the rest are of Bellamy on Etheria with, okay. like, some other random dude. Um, maybe he was also on Etheria and this is like the MCAP is what we're showing on Etheria or something like, or, or something. I don't know. Possibly. But then, but he wouldn't be there all the time. So never mind. Ignore me. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just weird because be Levitt looks completely fine. So yeah. if he was just tortured, I don't sure. know. True. But like how, if we're in the past, how does this person know about Bellamy? Or if it's even, I don't, whatever. I guess we'll find out when we watch it. Let's move on to segments. All right. Okay. So my first segment is the post-apocalyptic sass. Watch is our favorite line of word. So my favorite line of word goes to Dioza for... This is hope, my daughter. Time dilation's a bitch. Gonna miss her iconic lines, truly. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna miss Dioza. Like, I knew it was coming. I'm still really sad about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry to everyone who was, like, super invested in her. Like, Joanna, I know that's you. Yeah. And I, I would give you a hug if I could. Mm-hmm. Hey, you guys. Uh, by the way, I have a Dioza design on Highbirdie, <laughs> which is my embroidery company. So check out shoppylux.com slash collections slash Highbirdie to buy yourself a Dioza design in her honor. <laughs> in memoriam. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so my first segment is, did anyone mention Kane or Abby? Uh, they sure did not. No. Not at all. I, and I was thinking as well, um, just reflecting on, uh, the first episode of this season that I did not watch, thankfully, mm-hmm. um, how weird it was to have Raven act weird about Abby dying in front of Clark, because mm-hmm. Raven watched Abby die and would presumably also be really traumatized about it. Right. Thank you. Yeah. My next segment is the most valuable protagonist award. So this week's MVP, um, I'm going to give it to Dioza. Like, I have to, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So um, it goes to Dioza this uh, this episode. Honorable mention, though, Indra. Oh, for sure. Yeah. that fight was legit. Yes. Thanks for trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you cannot tell. 
I, I am buying it for the sake of the episode, but you cannot tell me that Indra would not win that fight. Yeah, that's it. Right, right. I forgot, to, yeah, I forgot to mention this. We were talking about it when we were watching the episode, but, like, even though Shade Hedda, like, won the Conclave and everything, like, Indra has been um, training for longer than him, and also, at no point, like, at no point when Shade Hedda joined, like, I feel like if I went into somebody else's body, the mm-hmm. first thing I would notice is that, like, my teeth don't fit together the same. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, my teeth don't fit together. My arms are different lengths. Yeah. Like, the way my body moves has to change entirely because I'm not like, in It my should body. be awkward. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to fight the same way. And also, he's, like, significantly older than when he died. And, like, taller and differently yeah. shaped. And, like... It just... I'll believe it because I have to, but I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Yeah. My second segment is, what is Sam shipping the most this episode? And I'm going to give that one to my good old space, good old space OT3, Bellamy, Raven, and Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, because before she said sister, yeah. I, I was like, there are some vibes here mm-hmm. that I'm picking up. And they both were in love with Bellamy. Uh, thank you. Great. I know, if you if you weren't going to say Raven and Echo, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> um... How many episodes since the last murder? Womp. <laughs> um, a zero. Yeah. A big old goose egg. So now it's time for our trailer reaction. Where did Bellamy even get a coat? Oh, yeah. I guess we'll find out. I don't think we're going to find out. <laughs> I think he's just going to be, like, show up. With a coat. Wrapped in this fur. Okay. Um, I'm going to move this slightly. Because he has it here when he's, like, barely aged. Also, do they think his hair only grows in one spot on <laughs> his face? Because, like, his beard is not a full beard. It's just, like, his goatee got fuller. Right. And I'm like, do you think, does his hair only grow in, in goatee shape? <laughs> Who did that? Who did that? I don't think he's, like, too significantly older. Like, he yeah. doesn't have any, like, I mean, that could be at the beginning of the episode, hair. though. You know? Like, that could be the, at the beginning of the episode. That's true. And later, like, as the episode goes on, he could get older. That's true. All right. Three, two, one, play. Oh, you know, just snacking Ew. on scorpions. He's alive. Okay. Oh, so, he's so maybe it is after he was tortured. Well, we could have both. Okay. I like that we get a clip of Bill and me saying I'm not afraid. Like that's a Yeah, that's a, a mantra. That's that, good. Alright, so first of all, Scorpion. Eat snacking. Just snacking. You know what? Actually, can I make a parallel to when Clark had to eat bugs at the beginning yeah. of Okay, Aww, yeah. Just little little Bellark things. So this guy <laughs> This guy in the back, um yes. that seems like the same guy. So maybe this is the this isn't a flashback. Yeah, and he his face looks messed up, mm-hmm. which it did not in the promo pic that I was looking at because he had the thing on his head, so... Oh, okay, so you just couldn't see the stuff. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, pretty impressive that they let him do his job again mm-hmm. after being tortured and given giving Jim 9 to the person who tortured him. True. It's interesting that the, per- the person who finds out that Bellamy's alive is Levitt. Mm-hmm. And, like... I just, like, don't really know how this guy knows, and I guess we'll find out. Like, how the guy who he's doing MCAP on sure. like, finds out. So there's, like, it seems like the anomaly, like, the green stuff is at the top of this mountain. Yes. Which is, like, the mountain was scary, but the shepherd was brave, or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I wonder if if the first place that Cadigan dialed in also mm-hmm. was Etheria. Yeah. And, like, maybe he sent... No. Like, maybe did Anders try and send Bellamy to Etheria so he had to, like, prove himself? 
or something. Or maybe he accidentally dialed the wrong one. Like, maybe. <laughs> who's to say how close they are? He says there is a way off this planet. He's, I guess, scaling the mountain to get to the anomaly. Sure. Yeah, he says, I'm not afraid. And seemingly, like, if I had to guess what this, like, final shot is where he's, like, holding his hand up to the light, this is, like, somebody Them's, else like, coming, somebody coming through. through. So, like, I don't know. I I want this to be an answer for Gaia. So I want this oh. to be, I, I really want this to be, like, the guy who Levitt is, like, dealing with is, like, the guy who brought through Gaia. And then they, like, went to Etheria to turn off, turn off the next one. Right. And Bellamy's he- there. And, like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense time-wise. But, well, it could, actually. Because they take Bellamy through and they, sure, yeah. They take Bellamy through at the beginning of the season. Take Bellamy through, he's there for, like, maybe 15 minutes, and then yeah. he goes here, and... Which is, like, the full day on... Yeah, and then when, um, Bellamy leaves to when Clark and Co. go through, and when Gaia goes through, that's, like, a day or two... Yeah. Um, on Sanctum, so this... that That's what my, my official theory... We will find out if I'm right literally next episode, but my thing is that Bellamy is gonna have been there for a long time, and then this is... This white light is... The person bringing through Gaia and the person is the guy who Levitt is doing the MCAP on and then Levitt finds out that, and the reason why he but came like, to Etheria was to turn off the next anomaly stone and- But how does he get back to Bardo? He turns off the anomaly stone and then goes through? I don't know. And then Bellamy, I don't know what happens to Bellamy after that. No, I don't, this is my full theory. <laughs> Take the pieces of it that end up being right, hopefully. <laughs> I, my theory is that that is, um- possibly Clark or someone from Bardo going okay. through and finding Bellamy on Etheria. Okay. Or it's this other guy who's in the stills and it's not nearly as meaningful as either of the things we just came up with. Right. And it looks like he does have more than one person. So why isn't this other person also wanting to leave? And like, where did that person, right? Did you see that in the stills? That there's like in the, guy? there's, there's one other guy on Etheria. Etheria with Bellamy. So like, where did he come from? Did he also accidentally come from Bardo? Does he, like, I have also questions about this guy. And it appears that they're both there for quite a while together yeah. mm-hmm. because they both have short hair in one and then they both have long hair in another. If I can't have Murphy me, I guess I'll have Bellamy in this guy. <laughs> I am uninterested in that, but I support you. Thanks. <laughs> so it has been pointed out on Twitter that this other like ginger guy who has also been on Etheria with Bellamy, it looks like it's the guy that he was holding the knife to um, when he got like blasted through. So clearly, you know, they've been through all of this together and I just like love this for them. And I hope that they have had just a lovely like life together, you know? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts. You would like those. Even if you don't want to write a thing, just do those little stars. That'd be great. Super nice. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. It is a delight and we have covered every episode that exists so far. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you don't want to watch it, you can still listen to the podcast. I know a lot of people who do. Um, and it's just like, oh God, so much fun. That's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Um, our podcast is spoiler free. So if you like the what you hear about it on this podcast, I urge you to go and check it out. It is on Amazon Prime and Hulu. And we are currently finished season two and we're starting season three I love season three, so I'm really pumped. (laughs) 
Um, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, we have done all of season one. Um, we are taking all of 2020 to do season two. And we're taking all of 2021 to do season three. And then hopefully we have season four by then. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, if you are a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show too. We have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard. We have a round table out as well with some other uh, super Star Trek fans. Um, and uh, we'll hopefully have more content coming in the future. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter, but I do post gifts of all of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, so please go support me. I, I know Tumblr, nobody's on Tumblr anymore, but I'm having a good time making gifts, so. She does a really good job. Thank you. Uh, if you have a spare dollar, please consider donating to our Patreon. Uh, it is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. For only a dollar or more, uh, you get early access to all of our pods. Uh, for $5 or more, you get 10% off at shopbelocks.com where Brittany makes incredible resin art and Robin makes beautiful fandom embroideries with several uh, characters from this show. Yes. Um, Bellamy, Clark, Raven, Octavia, Murphy, Monty, Jasper, Dioza, and Lexa. Yes. And some of those come in duos, so if you want certain ones to go together, you can do that. Robin also does custom orders if you are interested in somebody else. So true. DM me literally anywhere. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Our next episode is episode 711. Hey, it's called <laughs> Etheria, um, and it's basically the last planet that we haven't really heard of yet, so I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Same. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for the planet and also for Bellamy. Me too. Excited to see that boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.